Not gonna have your promise? You won't cook up any more schemes at school? Okay, Dad. I promise. No more schemes. At school. <laughs> no more schemes. At school. <laughs> now, this kid is a adorable absolutely adorable this is an old movie which may be out of print from kid co this kid starts his own company talk about schemes schemes can sometimes mean something devious and they sometimes mean very inventive creative uh thinking kids at work so um re referring to their behavior so right before the break we were talking about uh, actually a woman called in on the after hours line um, talking about her 16-year-old son who's boiling with anger, and I asked you to think about what seems unfair in his life. Uh, his dad was too forceful, too strict, so imagine us looking at a video of his dad losing his temper, calling him names, and we suspect those names are not you, you great kid, uh, having a very bad temper. Imagine looking at a video. For, for many of you, you may be thinking, oh my God, I don't have to look at a video, Alan. I was there myself. Remember what that felt like. Did you have any recourse to justice? Did Dad ever apologize? Could you let go of that anger or did you hold on to that anger? And what would letting go of that anger mean? Would it mean that Dad needs to apologize would it be a cheap apologies? I'm sorry for what I did to you. Now get over it. Or would it be a sincere, genuine, remorseful, meaningful apology? I can't believe what I called you over those years. I can't believe that you put up with me. I understand your anger. I can go into therapy with you. We can work through some of our ugliest moments together. And it, these were not mistakes I made. I should never have done this. I knew better at the time, son. And I really want to work with you. If you'll give me that opportunity, it's a gift for me and hopefully a wonderful gift for you to be able to say what's on your mind. I do want to go to a therapist again, though, because I don't trust myself fully. I could lose it again. Now, assuming the biological dad would do this, this would be wonderful. This would be a way for him to deal with his anger. But that's not normally what happens. Also, you remarried when he was eight years old. What if we had a video back at that period or even uh, flashback even further, Dad, with the video of Dad being on the Internet all the time with some faceless woman. Then Dad, we see the video of Dad packing his bags, Mom bawling her eyes out or screaming, a lot of cross screaming going on. And then Mom meets a guy. He comes into the house. You're eight years old. And it's just, it's just your whole world there's no order to it. It's just so discombobulated for so long. Then you're going through puberty and you wonder, am I gay or not? Maybe you're attracted to some guys or you've had some kiddie sex experiences with other guys. and Or maybe you look effeminate and you don't know how to cope. You don't know how to deal. And you've got all of these unsolved problems in your head just swimming around in your head or drowning around in your head. And what do you do? There may even be other issues. Well, if that's the case, then you want a method of thinking. You want a clear method of thinking. Uh, but it's the mom that's that's calling in here. So as I said, you could say to your son, these are some solutions now, you could say to him, Travis, you've gone through a lot. I've put you through a lot. Dad's put you through a lot. Take ownership for what you did. When I think back to your childhood, there were not many happy moments at home. 
Dad and I were either fighting or I was bawling my eyes out. Then I remarried, and that was yet another adjustment. Help me understand what that was like for you. Now, Travis may be afraid to tell you. He may be afraid that he'll hurt you and injure you like Dad. So that's why I always recommend therapy, because you have a moderator there. You have somebody, if it's like a safety zone, a cocoon that you can all go to and let go of things if he's willing to go to therapy. You can also say, I know, Travis, that you get angry easily, and your anger may seem out of your control. I don't know how to help you with that. I wish, you know, I wish as a mom I could help you, but I don't know all the skills. I know there are ways to manage anger better, ways that leave you feeling less guilty or less trapped within that angry world. I wonder if you had someone to bear your soul to in private that that would help. You could work things out. You could sort things out. I know you trust. Now, if he trusted a counselor at school or a grandmother or uh, if you said, you know, um, a coach or someone that would be willing to talk with him, would you consider talking with him? Or would you be cons- would you consider going to see a counselor and, and being able to talk with that person? Um You can also address the issues that affect you. I know, Travis, that you lose it with me at times, and I'd like to understand you better. I ask myself, what's setting that off? If it's something I did, honey, please let me know. If you think it's deeper than that, let's try to find a better way to let your anger out so that I don't feel bruised, I don't feel like I'm in the crossfire of your anger with someone else. Now, I want to tell you, from being a therapist, from being in therapy for a long time, I've heard things such as the following, from kids, from adults, both male and female, things such as, you know something, I perfected my anger, and I used it as a tool, as a weapon. I was able to keep people away from me. Afterwards, I felt real bad about it, but I tried not to think about it too much. But inside, underneath all that anger, I felt guilty, I felt sad. I felt vulnerable and hurt and anxious. I didn't want anybody to get too close to me. So my anger allowed me to put up a wall around me that I thought protected me. But instead, it insulated me from getting help. I was only fooling myself. I wish I had gotten help earlier. So I hope that helps you. I think it's a very difficult situation that you're in. There's a book uh, between parent and teenagers that you can get by Adele Faber and Elaine Maslisch. Um, and um, also, oh, actually, How to Talk So Teens Will Listen. There's also one between parent and teenager by Haim Ganat that may help you also. And right now I want to turn to our phone lines and speak with uh, Michael. Or I'm not sure. Michelle. Then, oh, Michelle. Sorry, Michelle. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, can you? It, it's hard to hear you. Okay, we're going to try to fix the volume at this end. Tell me what's going on. What's your question? Basically, it's um, I feel a little silly, but it's um, with a love and a relationship that it's just been so. I guess a roller coaster ride, and I'm at the point where I'm just like, does he really love me? Is this, you know, going to go in the right direction? Okay, I want to ask you a different question. I know we're coming up at the break, so if you can, I'll ask you the question, we'll hang on during the break, and then I'll I'll talk with you after the break. Okay. Um, When you talk about a roller coaster ride, how long have you been with the person? Well, it was four years. Four years. Married or boyfriend, girlfriend? Boyfriend, girlfriend. Boyfriend, girlfriend. Do you love him? I'm assuming, is it a male? Yes. Okay. Do you love him? Yes. 
Yes. What do you love about him? What is irreplaceable about him? Just the person he is. You know, he and just... Give me details, visuals. Visuals? Yeah. Um, well, one, just I'm very attracted to him. Okay, so he's sexy. But it's funny because no one else thinks so. <laughs> okay, but that doesn't matter. What else do you love about him? Um, he's got just a good heart, and he's sensitive, and he's intelligent, and... How does he make you feel? He uh, just safe. He makes me feel good, and I feel grounded, and it just, I don't know. Okay, yeah. completely right with him. Completely right. Okay, so what's ruptured that? Um, basically, I think he's questioned it, and then we went through things where, you know, I went through a hard time, and then he, he wasn't really able to, like, be there, and then... Okay, you know what, we'll come right back with that, the hard time, because if things are good, you hate to see a temporary rupture destroy a potentially good relationship. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner. I'll be back with you after these words on the rational basis of happiness. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner. People want to be loved for specific reasons. It's up to each partner to identify why they love the other and to say so. This last point raises a new question. Granted that love has causes, will just any cause do? No, doesn't matter which traits you value. And on the other side of the coin, which traits you possess? Yes, there are very personal causal factors involved in love, but certain core traits are required to make any romantic relationship successful in the long run. If you want to be loved, you have to do things to make yourself lovable. Egoistic love, the only real kind of love, is not a selfless gift. It is a trade, which means it has to be earned. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com and you can buy the book at amazon.com.